you are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. Find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks, also at Lockdown Brewers, and Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers as well. Well, the uh, World Series gets underway tonight, and uh, they're going to do the off days as if they were traveling in this World Series. It'll be interesting uh, to, to kind of see it to play out as it normally would. Uh, and I hope, again, I said on yesterday's show, I don't really, I don't think have a big rooting interest in this one. I mean, I'd be... I don't know if I'd be happy if the Dodgers won. I'd be kind of relieved if the Dodgers won just because then they've won a World Series. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of silly. Again, I it's just stupid um, kind of fan stuff where you say, well, then they win one. Maybe they're not going to be so, you know, amped up to keep winning more and more. That's stupid. But, eh, it's it's what I, what I feel. <laughs> Tyler Glass now for the uh, Rays tonight against Clayton Kershaw, who will get the game one start for the Dodgers. And uh, two best teams in the league through the regular season and the matchup in the World Series. I like it. And I like the underdog, the, the uh, you know, the, the small the small market Rays. Gives me hope to think the Brewers can get there and do something. And it really does because the, the Brewers have tremendous fan support. You know, they, they're in the league's smallest market, but they, they draw, you know, 3 million fans a year in a normal year. And Tampa draws three fans, three total fans the entire year. And yet they've been to two World Series now in in the last, what, decade? I lost track of when they were there, you know, was it 10-plus years ago? Whatever it was. But they've been there a couple times. And they've, they've, you know, they've had some down years, but they've been usually very competitive. And again, they were the best team in the American League this year, and the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. So let's get at it and see what happens. It'll be interesting to, to see what happens starting tonight. Looking forward to that. On the show today, uh, we have Dr. Scott to talk about Ryan Braun and and the legacy and the how it all, all the stats come together and the analytics in his career uh, with the Brewers and how they stack up. Look, I always I think of this, and I haven't thought about it a bunch, but as you know, he, he may be uh, – you know, ending things now. He may be retiring after this last year. 14 years, all with Milwaukee. And where does he stack up uh, among all-time Brewers? And it, you look at this, and it comes in, and you say, well, he's got to be third behind uh, Molitor and Yount. Turns out, or Yount and Molitor, I guess, in that order. Turns out, yep, <laughs> that's that's where he's at in a lot of categories. But we'll, we'll get into it a little further. And it's interesting to compare eras, and it's interesting, too, to just revisit the career stats of all these guys. When you talk about Robin Yount, you talk about Paul Molitor and what he did particularly late in his career, post-Brewers, certainly with the Brewers, but also post-Brewers career. It's really something. So we get into all that and a uh, good conversation and looking at uh, looking at how uh, this will all play out. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that with Dr. Scott, and we'll do it next right here on Lockdown Brewers. Brewers. 
Well, we've been talking about Rock Auto. It's rockauto.com. They've been around for 20 years. That's almost as long as the internets, you know? And so they know what's going on. I mean, they were dial-up when they started. It was crazy. They have everything from engine control models to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same as, as uh, for professionals as for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Dr. Scott is with us uh, to talk hey. about legacies. Dr. Scott... Uh, you and I, we might leave a legacy someday, but uh, I don't think you're ever going to get the nickname Dr. Scott forever. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I'm shooting for that. That's what I'm, I'm working for. We're all trying. Uh, Ryan Braun forever. You see that all the time, which is uh, kind of funny. I don't even know how new that is. Uh, it's been around the last couple of years, just as like a hashtag or a, it's probably not a bumper. As people have been terrified, he's he's going to retire. That That's yeah. kind of their way of balancing the score, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's out there. But let's talk legacy because look, the deal is, he's sending some retirement signals. The Brewers are sending some retirement signals now. You know, might not be that, but we'll see. That's for down the road. But I figured it was a good time. I, I talked about his top five moments as a Brewer on yesterday's podcast. Uh, so let's let's stack them up analytically. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, I think of this. I just feel like probably. Uh, Ryan Braun is third on all the lists behind Yount and Molitor, right? I mean, that's probably the yeah. deal. Uh, Robin Yount played for the Brewers for 20 years. That's a long time. Retired, I think, after the 93 season. I mean, a long that's a long career. It's great. Yeah, you long. got that all right. And uh, Ryan Braun won't won't have made 20 years. But, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a lot. What, it'll be, what will it be, 2007? So, uh, 14 years if he plays yep. next year. It's, it seems like it should be a little longer, but it's not. Um, so anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's disorienting to go through these numbers and kind of look at where he ranks because you, you start to kind of simultaneously remember that a lot of time has passed, but then remember also that, like, he's he's enough time has passed where you're old, Braun is retiring. Uh, yeah, <laughs> It's kind of an end of an era, and I think it, it wakes a lot of people up in that way, you know? Yeah, it probably does. I mean, that's a that is a long time, particularly in today's day and age, to be with one team or a long career in general. So, uh, you know, he's number one in home runs for the Brewers, and it's a Correct. different different era. There's more home runs being hit now. He's he's well out ahead of everybody on that one, um, and so that's the by far the stat that he's far and away number one at. But but what jumped out to you when you were kind of looking at this as the as the stats? you know, pile up over Ryan Braun's career here and, and where he ranks in Brewers history. Well, just like you alluded to, it's Yountain Molitor ahead of him, him on like all the lists. We look at plate appearances, games, um, runs, hits, uh, all those kind of main, how long did a guy play? What did he do? Did he produce all those main classic stat categories? It's pretty much Yount Molitor Braun in that order. Um, we look at games and the, the brewer who's played more games than any other, you've already nailed down. It's Yount with 2,856 games and then Molitor and Gantner come after that. But Braun is right, right after those guys. I mean, so you can tell that by the quality of the names we're talking about here, it, these are elite legend type guys. Um, 
you go down the list a little bit further and hits. He's third in hits. Uh, Yount comes in at one with 31.42, Molitor with 22.81, and these are all as Brewers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he right after that with 19.63 is Braun. Uh, he, it's impressive, too, when you contextualize it in kind of the league and overall. He led the league in hits in 2009. And he was number two in the league in 2010 and 2012. Heck, he was even number five in 2011. Um, so he was in the top five four times in terms of hits. And he's seventh uh, amongst active players. So th- the fact that Yount and Molitor are ahead of him, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it tells you that Yount and Molitor really did something. If you contextualize this all, um, it starts to seem if you just get lost down the brewer hole, like, Oh, well, this is a small franchise. He's played for a long time. It's not that big of a deal, but the context kind of drives home how impressive all this is. Uh, you look too like at singles, he's fifth doubles. He's first, uh, triples. He's third home runs. He's first. So if you're going to look at raw production, I mean, he's top five in all of those things. Mm -hmm. The only guys above him in any of those categories, Yount Molitor, Mm -hmm. And then you can throw in Gantner and Cooper, like on the singles, they're above him. But but again, if we contextualize this, Braun is 13th amongst active players in singles. He's number four amongst active players in total bases. Only Pujols, Cabrera, and Cano are above him in terms of uh, total bases amongst active players. So, um, you know, we're looking all time, if we want to get crazy about this and start thinking – you know, big picture, he's 165th all time in terms of total bases. So um, if we're talking in terms of the, the, the game overall, Braun's putting a dent in. Yeah, he is. You know, and I was just, as you were talking about this, uh, and here's my excellent prep because I just relied on you for everything. Uh, in this segment, <laughs> I'm looking at Ryan Braun's career stats uh, and, you know, 14 years in the big leagues starting back in 2007 with the Brewers. Uh, Paul Molitor uh, is a really interesting case because I had kind of, you know, I, I guess I knew that he was fantastic uh, really after he left uh, Milwaukee. Uh, just incredible. And he was fantastic when healthy with Milwaukee too. Really good. But right. the stats that he piled up after leaving the Brewers and playing all the way through his age 41 season, 21 years in the bigs. And, you know, look at go back to 93 when he left for Toronto, 211 hits, then 155 in fewer games, then 142, 225 in his first season with the Twins, which is a fantastic season. I mean, that's just mm-hmm, incredible mm-hmm. back in, uh, what year was that, 96. Uh, you know, I had forgotten, I guess, how good he was with the Twins. He hit 341. He hit Molitor 341 cooled, in 96. cooled off a little at the end of the you know? Brewer career, and people yeah. tend to remember that. He, yeah. he went on, though, and had a few more All-Star seasons. I mean, oh, man. maybe even more than a few, uh, yeah. you know, like, he produced at a high level after he left the Brewers. Probably, yeah. I think I'm I'm kind of just doing this by memory, but there's three to five seasons I can think of after he left Milwaukee where he was producing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and obviously he mm-hmm. led the Blue Jays to a well, not led them, but you know joined them as a World Champion the back to back years. He had provided a big boost for them in '93 to win the World Series. You know he got all the way up to 3,300 uh, career hits, which outpaced Yount. Uh, in in one more year of playing, so I mean that it's really quite a career, and and with a strong finishing kick outside of Milwaukee, and yet he still 
you know, second to, to Yount on all these Brewer lists, which is amazing. And you think with Braun, I mean, what's interesting to me is that, now Robin Yount was 18 when he made his debut, and he retired at 37. He looked 54, but he retired at 37. <laughs> uh, you know, and he's, he was in decline, you know, in, in those last uh, few years. I mean, he won the MVP yeah. in 89. The last so, three I mean, years were kind of, he yeah. was a shell of himself. Yeah, yeah, so he, mm-hmm. he kind of lost it. I guess you just never know how Molitor found the fountain of youth because Braun has been in decline you know, I guess a little bit of a boost the last couple of years, not notwithstanding this shortened season here where he only hit 233. But, you know, 285 in 2019, uh, 268, 254, the two years before that. He had kind of a rebound in 2019. Um, and, again, I'm looking at batting average, and people are going, what are you looking at batting average for? What are you, What are you 40, and you don't think of <laughs> analytics stats? What's those OPS, you jackass? Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, no, but, but I mean, my, my- it, it, it reflects, though, you know, what, what he did well, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and he, he got on base and more than getting on base, he got a lot of hits in critical moments. The guy went up there to hit. Um, you yeah. look at Molitor's numbers, too, and it, it the thing that jumps out to me that kind of punches you in the face, you look at the career he had with Milwaukee. The guy hit 303 with Milwaukee. He goes to Minnesota for three years and Toronto for three years at the end of his career and improves upon yeah, that batting yeah, average. He goes yeah. 312, 315. If you want to get high end and snobby about it, like like uh, Brewmath tends to do, yeah. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> um, we, the stats we'll look at here, let's look at, let's look at the higher end, I mean, OPS plus. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that in the past. It's the OPS and it neutralizes league effects and ballpark effects. So, I mean, we're, we're getting as kind of into it as, as we can. His OPS plus with the Brewers, 125. With Minnesota, it dropped down to 104. So maybe you can go, aha. But then Toronto it went to 128. So, yeah. I mean, you got a guy even at the end of his career who has an OPS of 871 in the final three years and, and really drives home. Um, you know, he was 13th in MVP voting, uh, while he was on Minnesota in 1996. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's really hard to, uh, talk about Molitor without talking about the rest of his career. Braun and Yount, I think kind of go into a special category because of that. Um, not, you know, making them any better or, you know, giving them an advantage in terms of how they played, but just kind of in terms of the lore, the legacy. And that's what we started talking about here. You know, the Yount, Molitor, um, they were from an era. They both were guys who were, you know, they were blue and gold. You know, the, the Brewers were Yount, Molitor, Gantner. Everybody yeah. knew that. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they were the foundation of a, a team through – you could almost even argue decades. I was going to say decade, but mm-hmm. from 19, what, the late 1970s to the mid-1990s, those guys were foundations yeah. in the lineup. And now we get to a point where, you know, we're kind of looking back on all this. And I think if you're going to look back, you have to give Yount and Braun a little bit of a bonus because, you know, they they were here the whole time. And that's rare. Yeah, it's very rare. You know, and, and, Very rare. You know, it's it's going to be a shorter career for Braun, who's more on the Yount track as it relates to just, I think, his physicality breaking down a little bit. He's always hurt now. He had the thumb issue, of course, for uh, those in-between years where he just lost his power. Because really, I mean, he was on quite a track there, uh, you know, through what, the 2013 season? 
um, and then and then kind of lost it a little bit, and then mm-hmm. you know had the freeze treatment and got it back a little. Uh, and it's interesting just to see how this all evolves. Um, his OPS is uh, 891, so he's going to have a shorter career than either Yount or Molitor overall. Uh, his OPS is 891. Uh, Yount and Molitor's both had a you know less of an OPS, but that's probably a reflection too, Doctor Scott, of a different era because uh, the hitters now are are you know focusing right. more on the extra base hits. They're they're exactly. fine to have a lower batting average to get get on base or get an extra base hit. And so that drives OPS numbers up a little bit. So it's just interesting to compare. And if if Braun does indeed decide to come back, and you know, there's a lot of details behind that. He'll he'll have a reduced salary, and uh, it'll be a part time player. You know, he could definitely get over 2,000 hits. He probably will if he does that, because uh, he's only what 37 hits away here, 36, 37 hits yeah, away. Yeah, 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 uh, 37. And, and you know, he'll he'll probably produce in some capacity. Probably play 120 games or something like that. And I'd love to see it. Uh, he would match uh, Molitor's length of career in Milwaukee, too, so that would be an interesting comparison between the if, two of them. If he could play a little bit longer, it would be interesting because, I mean, you look at where he is on the home run list. He's uh, you know, He's got 352 of them. Right now he's tied with Ellis, Ellis Burks, um, and if he hits 10 more, he would pass Torrey Hunter, Luis Gonzalez, Greg Vaughn, Yogi Berra, Johnny Mize, Greg Gaetti, uh, DiMaggio. I mean, so <laughs> – he can kind of put himself into the, you know, the mix with some pretty big names if he just stacks on some more stats. Even if he retires now, though, he's those are the names he's around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, one, one jumped off that list, Dimaggio. <laughs> he has three hundred and sixty-one. So if Brown yeah. can hit ten more, he gets them. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, it's just interesting to see how they stack up. I think that's how it'll always be, uh, without a doubt. Yount, Molitor, Braun, uh, in that order as the three greatest brewers. And you hope that this guy named Yelich can maybe, you know, become number one at some point. That, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, you although, mentioned the OPS, and he's number one. If yeah, you were looking at yeah. all the brewers and, and over the years, Yelly has the highest OPS of all of them at 1.005. So let's hope he can get it back. <laughs> I know. I, I, I hate that this is what, how we're talking about him. I and mean, maybe it's going to be legit. Maybe he can't ever hit a curveball again. I don't know. But. I mean, it's 60 games, and it is hard to believe that he could like lose it in his prime. You know, he's still in his athletic yeah. prime. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. Hashtag 2020. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, please play a full season in 2021. And that's the thing, too, by the way, <laughs> with all this stuff, right? Because it's 20, the, next year, 2021 is the last year of the uh, CBA. So in 2022, you know, you could lose half a season, and, th- and that would just suck, right? Because then you're, from a Yelich standpoint, and not to get too doomsday here, but you'd be losing, you know, maybe a, a full right. season plus due of baseball games due to stuff that's totally beyond his control in his athletic prime, right in the prime right. of his career. Right. During our window, our small market window. I know, I know. <laughs> ah! oh it's just heartbreaking, you know, and it doesn't seem like these guys will get together and actually carve out a deal to avoid a strike, but you never know. If you look at if you look at legacy and kind of the the overall picture, the best way to kind of judge these things that we're talking about is is WAR, um, and I like to use FWAR in these situations. And I have Molitor at fifty six, and then you got Braun coming in at forty three point nine. The guys underneath him: Lucroy, Cecil Cooper, Don Money, Jeff Cirillo, Jeff Jenkins. I mean, these are guys who were around for a while. They produced at a high level. Um, and you know, a lot of these names, every Brewer fan knows, 
Um, but it is reflective of, you know, the fact that we have a small market and we, we tend to latch on to our superstar. We get every generation and usually we get a good one. I mean, yeah. we had Yount and Molitor, two of them last the last generation. This one, though, has been Braun carrying the torch and he's clearly handing that to Yelly right now. And, you know, hopefully we can see Yelly uh, resume and, uh, you know, join the top of that list. I think that when things are said and done, that it's reasonable to, you know, have Yelly on the Mount Rushmore of uh, yeah. the Brewers, you know, and so, so yeah. Yeah. we'll see, but he's got work to do. So uh, wrapping up on this F4, remind, remind me what that is exactly. So there's two, there's multiple, I shouldn't say two, there's multiple versions of war. Um, and the F war is the fan graphs version okay. of war. There's B war, which, baseball reference kind of has and then there's uh you know the baseball perspective perspectives has their own version of it there's different iterations and they all just value things slightly differently um i've found overall that fwar is better for pitchers and um i actually like it in a lot of instances for hitting um because it uses woba as the foundation of the calculation as opposed to some of the classic stats so fan graphs FWAR is kind of like a um, more stat cast driven, more high end stat driven war um, uh, calculation as opposed to the other ones that are kind of based on more classic stats. So, but is it saying basically that over the course of Robin Yount's career that he led to 66 more total wins in 20 years above than, a, average. than above an average player would be playing in the same position. Is that basically what that stat is saying? That's exactly what that okay. means. So, okay. yeah, he was he was that much better than a replacement-level player over the span of his career. Which, I mean, I don't know. I, I know that that's a lot. I know that's good. Uh, Braun at 48 or whatever. But it just seems like you wonder if a superstar player, you know, uh, would be more. That's uh, War always strikes me as... You know, it's just me, just lay person, because I don't, I don't, I'm not an analytics guy per se. Like I'm interested in it. It's I, I know it's how the game is going and how it's, you know, talked about in front offices and all that stuff. And the Brewers, of course, are major into it. But sometimes a guy has like you know a war of two, and you're going, really, <laughs> two? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and what you know, you talk about like we had the conversation about Lorenzo Cain at point four. And I was thinking, ah, he definitely would lead to a couple more wins. But, you know, war, maybe not. War really right? only makes sense in the context of 162-game seasons. It's yeah. it's a cumulative stat, and it builds over the season. And so yeah. if you're going to compare this year to other years, you have to – I mean, it's easy to calculate that and, you know, kind of project how much the guy would have accumulated over a normal season. But, again, all these sample sizes are reduced. All the, the prep and, the, the you know, the COVID – kind of scarce changed everything guys didn't know if they were going to be able to play there was no consistency spring training got disrupted yeah. i mean i don't want to sound like i'm making excuses but uh if you look around the league stats just weren't the same this year as they normally are and yeah. i don't know how you account for that any other way besides all the the junk that happened around it no it's true the spring training though long and drawn out and seemingly way too much i guess is uh needed <laughs> it's full capacity to get guys right ready. right these are uh, creatures of habit. Yeah, ultimately they are. So anyway, Dr. Mm-hmm. Scott, thanks. Have fun to review that. We'll uh, we'll catch up more next week. Appreciate it. Sounds good. And as always, you catch Dr. Scott at brewmaths.com. That is the website, or at brew underscore maths on Twitter. Uh, he's going to have a lot of tweets about this. <laughs> he'll have a lot of uh, – he'll have a good story about it as well. 
talking about the career and legacy analytics wise of, of Ryan Braun uh, at, at brewmaths.com. So be looking for that because those will be really good uh, treats for you to read as well, to dive into all the stuff a little further, a little more in depth than what we just talked about. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's interesting to see. And I, again, it, I just want to see the guy come back and, and play part-time. I'd love to see it, particularly if there's a DH in the National League next year, which, again, everybody kind of goes, well, there will be. <laughs> That's what everybody says, but we'll see if they make it official. And if they do, I think the Brewers should bring back, find a way to bring back Ryan Braun if, of course, Ryan Braun wants to come back. I mean, that's sort of the deal, right? Takes two to tango. So we'll see uh, what happens there as this offseason plays out. And uh, like I said yesterday, it'll probably take a while to see what happens there, uh, to to have Ryan Braun make a decision. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I I would love to see him back, particularly if there's going to be some fans to – Give him a nice farewell, right? A nice send-off in what would be probably, most likely, (laughs) the final year of his career. Most likely. Uh, So interesting conversation there and and how he stacks up among brewers. You can always find us at Cheesehead Talks, also at Lockdown Brewers on Twitter. Always love to hear your comments there. And uh, Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers as well. I'm Ben Larson. Looking forward to giving you your daily Brewers fix once again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.